Ryan Yee. Hello and welcome back to Eventide Radio. This is a fan-made Destiny podcast where we have roundtable discussions about a variety of different topics concerning the popular video game franchise. At its core, this show is about having in-depth discussions about the game from a variety of different perspectives. I'm your host, Scotty, and with me is my co-host, Rob, and today we are going to be talking about Spire of the Watcher, the new dungeon that came out, because we still haven't really talked about it, and we're also going to talk a little bit about Revision Zero near the end. So, Rob, to get us started, uh, what is your personal opinion on the current state of the season this season as a whole has been pretty good in terms of like story elements and i know we talked about this a little last time like but this the season as it's kind of winding down there's still some kind of like event for the last two weeks so we don't know what it is that hypothetically will wrap up the story and then transition to lightfall in some capacity i'm excited for that uh this season has had some pretty good story beats uh it did kind of the classic thing where i feel like it front-loaded a lot of the stuff at the beginning and i i wish that it had just kind of parsed it out a little bit more throughout the season um because i I notice a lot of people like in my clan specifically they play a bunch at the beginning of the season and then they're already kind of burned out by the time you get to like gm nightfalls uh and some come back but then some don't uh and they're just kind of like well i'll see you next season and i don't necessarily know if slowing out like again, kind of pacing out the the rate at which the story elements come out rather than every week you have it every other week or something like that. I don't know if that would solve the problem because those people might just burn out regardless of story beats and wouldn't maybe even care to finish the story because they did everything they wanted to do at the beginning of the season or like, I don't know. But it just like, okay, we got a bunch of stuff at the beginning and then now the last couple weeks there hasn't been any new story stuff. Uh, and we're just kind of like running through like GMs and, and there's plenty of stuff to do. Like this is this week, Iron Banner is going on. And I, I think this story or the this season has been pretty good. And I think the dungeon, we didn't really talk about the dungeon a whole lot. I think the dungeon's pretty rad. Um, it does the here's a gimmick or mechanic or thing. Uh, and then it kind of carries through throughout the entire dungeon. And there's little twists on it at certain counters like i that's all nothing new um i think the mechanic itself is kind of interesting i think the final boss is not great um but everything else is pretty cool uh i've had a hell of a time trying to get some of the loot from it even though it is like farmable beyond belief and i've just had really bad luck uh but that's nothing to out of the ordinary um but I think that the dungeon's pretty cool and the story behind it's kind of neat and it's more kind of war mine lore and all that fun stuff. Um, yeah. That's true. I So I'll play devil's advocate. So I'm okay. not going to try to like, you know, I'm not trying to stop you from enjoying this. There's nothing wrong with enjoying it. I'm just so um, tired of this trend where they're like, let's take one mechanic and just copy and paste that throughout the entire thing i i don't understand this trend because i just think it's so boring especially when the mechanic itself is just tedious and you'll go from one encounter to the next and then the only thing that'll change is like do more of it and it's i don't know it gets a little old it's the same problem as grasp of avarice in my opinion but at yeah. least this one doesn't have the stupid uh bomb part in the middle part yeah that was egregious but 
yes. still my same like fundamental issue is just the copy and paste the same mechanic. I don't yeah. like that format personally. No, I, and I also fundamentally agree with you because by the time you get to the final, I and I I think in this particular dungeon, the way the mechanic is handled with respect to the boss, I don't like it. Like I I farmed the boss a couple weeks ago with some clan mates because one of them why did we do it one of them wanted something and i was like well i still need the the scout rifle and i you know i was like yeah sure why not i'll I'll run it i we did probably close to 10 or so completions of the boss and i didn't get the scout rifle and i'm bitter about that because it's double drops and like you think statistically would have gotten it anyway neither here nor there um but that that tedious part that you're talking about which i completely agree uh, is exacerbated by the way the, the that room is laid out. And I think it's just there's too many enemies kind of going on with the... And for, for those of you who don't know, spoilers, if you haven't played the dungeon yet, like I, it's out un, uh, long enough that I don't feel bad about this. But basically, there's a buff that you get from Minotaurs called Arctrician, which is kind of clever. Um, and you basically have to shoot... Uh, nodes that are opened up in kind of the order that they're like they're in kind of a linear path and you have to you know one of them is starts off and that's like the power source and as you shoot them it sends the the charge further and further and you complete the circuit by shooting all of the nodes in the this the order um and the 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 kind of the gimmick to that is all the wires and cables that you have to follow are like loosely draped all over the place which I kind of have a more meta problem with because it's like here you have this like golden age spire that's like advanced engineering and then you just have like the worst cable management ever. Uh, So that always kind of bothered me. I'm like, why are there cables draped all over the place? But the rest of the thing looks so professionally done. But anyway, uh, (laughs) so so with that in mind, with the cables kind of loosely draped all over the place. You have to kind of, unless you, like, if you do it enough, you probably eventually will memorize where all of them are, and this kind of takes it out of it. But when you're first trying to learn, you're trying to follow the cables, and so your point, you're like, your your camera's, like, pointing down, so you can, like, follow it, because sometimes it drapes up into the ceiling, and then wraps around something, and then goes down, and it crosses with another cable, and sometimes it's, like, kind of underneath part of the bridge, so you have to jump to another platform, so you can kind of see it from a better angle. And that's all well and good. Uh, you do have the Arctrician buff for like 35 or 40 seconds. And if you shoot it, it extends it by like five or 10 seconds or something. So as long as you keep shooting nodes, you keep the buff going. Um, so there's a little bit of like a time element to it. But with with where all the nodes are with relation to each other, it's not that bad in, in terms of like, it's not like you're just barely getting it in every time and you have to like, but it, when you're trying to first learn where everything is, there's so many enemies that, bombard you and on top of that it's a lot of vex that explode and i'm blanking on the the harpies that the uh supplicants I supplicants think? thank you yeah that's from like vog old school yeah, yeah, yeah. i couldn't remember the name but there's supplicants constantly dashing at you blowing up and sometimes multiple of them at a time and you've got hobgoblins and then the minotaurs spawn periodically as well and so there's just and then on top of that the boss is a giant um uh, uh effectively um why the the final boss oh yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like you know it's the it's the same boss from 
uh, Garden of Salvation, the final boss, which some people mm-hmm. had our complaints about that. And I don't really care if they recycle a, a design boss because it's supposed to be the particular Vex from the Black Garden. So like from an aesthetic standpoint, it makes sense that there'd be another one that kind of looks like a giant chicken wyvern thing. Like whatever, sure. that's fine. And that never bothers me. Like we've we've been reusing bosses literally since day, yeah. day one of D1. So who cares? Me neither. As long as it's not like gameplay. Yeah. Like copy and paste and right. Yeah, I don't see a problem with it. Also, exactly. it's a dungeon, so it's like yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so it just it's tedious and it's frustrating when you're trying to follow the path and then a, a like a a supplicant comes and just blows you up and kills you, and then once you get res, then you have to go find the minotaur again and revive yourself. And I know the whole thing is like, well, then just don't die and you know do better management of killing enemies and not you know, but it's. It it just kind of sucks the fun out of it when you're trying to learn the locations and you're constantly doing this juggling act that just feels very tedious and like it just feels like too much. Um and it 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 gets a little old after a while. And by the time after the the tenth or so run that I was farming it, I was pretty confident where all the nodes were and I, I could do it a lot more efficiently. But it just it wasn't fun to learn. Uh, like some of the other dungeons and encounters have been in in other uh, end game things. So it's just like it's definitely down there in terms of like boss mechanics. Okay. Um, and you can and again, once you get it down, you can do it pretty quickly. We were consistently like two phasing it uh, the boss and and far. We had a good like kind of farming sequence down and it was fun, like, you know, doing kind of a clan night sort of thing. But it just it, when it came time for learning it uh i think when compared to like duality which is the other dungeon that we got this year um that one it's a lot more like out in the open again you're still going back to what you were saying the the whole where you're just iterating on the same mechanic over and over again i will still kind of voice my frustration with duality where in that you have to shoot the bell to stop her and extend the 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 mechanic which goes against what you've been doing the entire dungeon so i would say that that's also bad design where it's like oh we're going to change it up but it's like but this whole time you've been learning that you're not supposed to shoot the bell um because it takes you back and then it doesn't do that anyway uh yeah okay i see what you're saying there yeah so i've always kind of had a problem with duality for that reason but uh with this uh yeah, it's just it's not fun to learn and it's it's it feels tedious even once you have it down. It's still like there's times where you just too many supplicants bombard you or the boss who's walking around the room kind of chasing after you. He's he's pretty, pretty vicious and, and does quite a bit of damage. And there was a lot of times where I died and I just was like, this is frustrating. Yeah. Um, so it's not the best dungeon. It's pretty good. Um, I think my biggest gripe and this is probably going to be a lot of hate from it. I'm not big on the Tex Mechanica aesthetic. Oh, um, the whole cowboy yeehaw. Yeah, like I, I think the, the weapons. Yeah. yeah, the weapons are cool, but adding cowboy hats to all the characters, uh, I don't like it. Um, and I in fact, that. I I don't want to say I hate it, but like I I have like every piece of armor that I've gotten from that I've deleted. I haven't transmogged anything from yeah. it like i i just i don't care for it 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 doesn't it's, do anything for me it starts crossing over into that like suspension of disbelief yes. meta territory where it's like does this really fit with the aesthetic and they're like deliberately going against like the canon of like the story i guess in a yeah. sense like that 
doesn't like no other character in Destiny Wars a cowboy hat. Right. And I understand how that could like I don't know, throw some people off, kind of like breaks your immersion a little bit. Yeah, well it's like that one uh Eververse set where the the uh hunter has like slacks and a sweater. Oh yeah, and that's like, the 30th anniversary. Yeah, and every time I see it, I just hate well no, the 30th anniversary is the snowboard pants and hoodie, which is also oh. bad. And the Oh, beam, I know what you're talking about now. Yeah, yeah that was that was like yeah. a year or so before. Yeah. All those those types of armor designs bother me so much and and I I have this sounds like I'm just like pissing on the game right now and I'm not trying to I'm not trying to <laughs> no, hate yeah, it. yeah yeah but I just yeah the some of the aesthetic choices that have been made with with the designs like it just it's gotten real like you said it's kind of that immersion breaking and I know it's like space magic and whatever you could you take cloth and it can be defensive armor against you know demonic entities that have traveled across space and time to take out a giant white golf ball in the sky like you know however however you want to interpret the whole world of destiny is kind of up to you but yeah seeing like slacks or cowboy hats it's just like what is happening uh yeah where's it rank for you mm, i knew you were gonna ask that i love asking ranking questions <laughs> i know <laughs> i know you're probably gonna roll your eyes i think i still like grasp like the most the most uh, out of all of them because i I think it's an excellent it's it's a wonderfully designed dungeon for teaching dungeons and end game. And yeah. when I was like playing with my neighbor and some easy, <laughs> it's easy to teach. And they had a blast because it was the first time that they'd ever done anything like end game before. Uh, and they got like Gallahorn and that was like a that was like they were so excited about that. And I think I had I think I have I had the most fun doing that in a dungeon than I've had in a very, very long time doing any other dungeon. Okay. Uh, so I but I almost want to like I have Can't to argue. Like, with that. I mean, I, yeah, but I also have to ignore that in terms of like in terms of ranking, because I, I think it's definitely objectively not the best one. But then I look at like every dungeon and I have some kind of problem with every single one of them. Yeah. And like, I, I play them to either get like a specific weapon or, uh, for pinnacles, but I don't like, I'm not like, I'll, I'll get excited if someone wants to do like a King's fall or vow of the disciple, even though I've already done everything in there and I've gotten everything like, I'll still do that dungeon because I enjoy or raid because I do it. Most like the dungeons, I don't have that same urge, uh, unless there's something that I explicitly am trying to get out of it. Like, the only reason I farmed the hell out of dualities because I wanted to get the Epicurean fixed odds red borders completed, but mm -hmm. like, I don't really like any of the other weapons from that. I just really like Epicurean and fixed odds, I think they're both really cool weapons, and I wanted to be able to craft them, so mm -hmm. I, I farmed the hell out of them so I could get that, but I didn't enjoy playing duality for like hours on end it wasn't like that that dungeon i don't know <laughs> like <laughs> think on it think on it i know but it's like i'm thinking like pit of heresy i like kind of but then like i don't like the ogre maze and okay uh okay. what's the what's the first dungeon um 
Shattered Throne. Shattered Throne. I can never. The opening it. encounter is always. I don't like the opening encounter, and I hate. I get annoyed. Well, I don't hate. I just get annoyed by the ogre boss when you're trying to run around him, and he's just blasting you with the eye thing, and it doesn't damn. It doesn't hurt you, but it just like I have no movement because it's just blasting me against the wall. I don't know. I find that so like irritating. But I I like Duel and Karu. I think that's one of the more interesting final boss encounters. Um, and so then there's Pit of Heresy. And then, oh, duality. Uh, I feel like the mechanics are jank in that. And I don't enjoy the, you have to like stand in darkness. And I know you're supposed to pay attention to like, like around your screen. If you're in the dark or oh, light prophecy, you mean, Pro- or I'm sorry, prophecy, not duality. Um, in prophecy, yeah. there's times where I feel like it's just kind of jank and doesn't work. And I've never really cared for the weapons or the armor from that. So like, and, and I hate rainbow road. Like that's the thing about, prophecy that i'm not a fan of I, rainbow road is so tedious and the 45 second cooldown timer does not need to exist that like i don't like that dungeon and and then there's grasp of avarice and that that middle encounter with the bomb is sucky but i really like the sparrow part of that and then me too i actually uh, I, yeah i will yeah. confess that much at least yeah, yeah I, I guess you're I mean, they're all like good and bad for their own different reasons. Right. For, for myself, I would say I think Pit of Heresy is my favorite. Yeah, I think overall, I, I, I understand not liking the Ogre Encounter, but I just for example, I would take the Ogre Encounter any day over the stupid bomb thing in Grasp. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there are much better gimmick encounters in the other dungeons, like sure. prophecies and grasps, like sparrow sections. I think are are fun, despite the timer and prophecy. I still think they're pretty cool. But I don't know. I like Pit of Heresy. I think most in part because it follows the raid layer structure, which was he first encounter was like a mechanic, and then the next encounter was like a different mechanic, and then there was like a gimmick, and then the final boss was like everything combined. Yes, and I I will secede to that argument. And I I think we've talked about this before. Like I do agree. Yeah, I, think, I think Pit of Heresy does that best. Yeah, I I I like that formula more than here's the light and dark moat mechanic. Do that seventeen times right until you're done. Sort of right. thing. So, um, if I had to rank them, I would say Pit of Heresy is number one. I'm gonna say Duality is number two. Okay, because. I like the di- the diversity of mechanics in that one. I think every encounter is at least a little different and interesting. Sure. It's not perfect, but I enjoy that one. I I am a sucker for the Leviathan stuff. I know a lot of people aren't, but no, for me, fair. the Leviathan stuff was like my first raid experience. So that whole aesthetic is always going to be like nostalgic for me. So I'm sure that is part of my bias as to why I like that one second most. Um. Then I would say prophecy. Um, I don't love it, but I honestly end up finding myself playing it a lot. As much as I hate like the hexahedron one and stuff, it is like it's kind of like a turn off your brain kind of dungeon. It's not like aggressively like infuriating like some some other encounters per se. Um, It's just kind of boring. And then I would say Shattered Throne because I just don't think it's aged well. I mean, for the first dungeon, it's good, but I just think the other ones have just improved and reiterated on that, you know, that game mode better since the first one came out. Sure. And and then I just don't really like Grasp at all. Okay. And 
as you know, I won't get into that. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I mean, it's glorified gambit. I, I get it. Um, I don't know. Where would you put Spire? That final boss is frustrating to learn to me. So I, I, but it's also, it, it's a quick dungeon. Uh, like I, I feel like, especially between the first and second encounters, like you literally, you're, you go up, you open a window, and then you jump onto a platform and you're at the second encounter. Um, and I like, it's so like it just the pacing is so quick on it um but i i enjoy it um i'm all i'm trying to separate like the loot that i've enjoyed getting from them versus the encounters themselves and like some sure. of them that i've played over and over again because i'm trying to get a certain thing um i don't know i i probably would put duality at the top now that i say that because it's like that one as, as much as I didn't care for it, I didn't mind farming it as much as I did. Like doing like Keitel is kind of a cool fight, like in and of itself, and it it goes pretty quick. Um, the uh, the the Galron fight that you do, the middle one's the only one that I. It just feels like no matter. I agree. The middle one's the weakest one. Yeah, because it's no matter how well you execute it, it still takes the same amount of time because you, you have to do all three of those and you can't really expedite it any faster. I mean, yeah, you can kind of speed up certain parts of it, but it's still fundamentally taking you, you know, two people have to go run and do that thing and come back and then dunk and you kill a boss and then you have to go do it again two more times. Like it just, there's not much diversity in terms of it. Um, I think Shattered Throne is up there with me because it's, it, 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 like you said, it hasn't probably aged the best, but it's also the only one that doesn't feel like it's got some gimmick that you do all the way and and pit, pit yeah. of heresy to a certain degree like like you said it iterates instead of just like the same thing over and over again like shattered throne you're doing different things throughout like the first is you're trying to find symbols around a giant map and then uh the second thing is you're you're killing an enemy and getting orbs and then dunking them so you can damage them and i guess you're kind of doing it at the end as well um but you're it's it's at that final boss is just so interesting where you're killing the giant three knights and then duel and car is kind of a cool design. Mm -hmm. um, and and the that's aesthetic... one of the ones where like, if you're really good at it, you can like speed through it. So you feel yes. rewarded for being good at it. Yeah. And I actually, I did that solo uh, this season. I, that was the first dungeon I've ever sold. And I know like people have been soloing dungeons for years now, literally. Um, but I, I finally was like, I want to see if I can do one on my own. And I was able to, I almost went flawless. And then I, I got booped off like right before the final boss. Oh. And I was like, that sucks. Uh, but I, it wouldn't have mattered because I died like three times at Duel and Karu. Because there's no, you can't plant a flag. And so I had no ammo. Uh, so I just like, I, like the first run, I was like trying to use primary to like burn down like the knights. Because uh, I was trying to reserve, preserve my, my heavy for the actual boss. Um, so I, I just, I died a couple times so I could actually get ammo. So, um, but I, I was able to solo it. So I enjoyed it. So I have kind of some fun with that. I, yeah. I probably put prophecy at the bottom cause the rainbow road is just so yeah. interesting to me. And between and that the, and the hexahedron, I really, yeah. Don't like that encounter either. Yeah. And that, that like, if you're going to make the argument of like grasp is just glorified gambit, like, so is that. Oh, um, totally. But, but that's what made Grasp even worse is because it came after Prophecy. Right. It's like, they already did this? <laughs> mm -hmm. 
I don't know. It was the same thing. I guess, I mean, Grasp did it better in the sense that Prophecy, like you said, has some pretty jank mechanics with, like, the light and dark thing, and that's, right. you know, can't count how many times I've, like, shot a knight and been like, what? I thought that was so-and-so. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, yeah. So, yeah. I, I will say the aesthetic is so bizarre and neat in Prophecy that I do have to give it props, like the weird, like, sandy desert. Yeah, it's very cool looking. Yeah, it, like it definitely has like weird transitions and the weird like spiraling thing that always reminds me of the uh, Ocarina of Time dungeon where it like <laughs> the hallway kind of spirals and spins like there's some cool stuff in there. And the music I, hands down, awesome. the music's probably one of the best in that one. Uh, I'd say so. It, it's like I, so there's again, there's elements of every single one of them that I'm not a fan of. And then there's other elements from like either the weapons cool or the aesthetics cool. So it's like I don't mind doing them. I just. If I'm going to do kind of an event or an activity with, you know, the clan buddies at night, I there's there's almost every raid I would rather do um, before I would prefer to do like prophecy or something. So. Sure. So. I have another question for you. Sure. One thing that I always like in raids and dungeons and stuff, one thing that's very cool about end game activities, something that people don't always think about is there's usually like a moment or two in there. That's like a cool, like spectacle moment that like the first time you played it or whatever, you're like, Whoa, that's sick. Like in grasp of avarice, you know, when you first get through the loot cave and you look out at the Cosmodrome or whatever in the, Traveler theme starts playing from Destiny 1. That right. was mine for Grasp. Uh, Prophecy's got a couple moments, like you said, like the spinning Ocarina of Time hallway and the maybe when you get to the wasteland for the first time or even when you come out to like the Rainbow Road section or whatever. Era. Um, Was there like a spectacle, like wow moment for you in Spire of the Watcher? I'm trying to think if there's one for duality as well. I think there's like... There's that part kind of just before you get to Keitel where you you step out and there's this big kind of open area inside the Leviathan and it kind of reminds you of like how big and massive it is. And I think that mm -hmm. that's kind of a cool. Um, I, I I would say that that's probably that for for that for me. Like I always like, oh, yeah, God, the Leviathan's massive and it just like it feels like you could take the entire game and just have it be the Leviathan in just different capacity in different areas. And it just, it would never feel the same, you know, I mean, it's all kind of like industrial equipment for the cabal, but it's still just like cool. But for Spire, I, I like that when you start off, you're in Mars and it's one of those kind of like time rift areas. Um, and you see the Spire off in the distance and you take the ramp all the way down. Although I hate, I hate those ramps because like F F ever trying to do flawless runs for that because of the ramps and things like that. Um, but um, the, the, the exploration and that you get all the way to the top of the spire uh, as like the middle encounter. And so you're kind of like, Oh, is this the end? But then you realize like, no, then you dive down into the spire uh, into kind of the depths to do the final boss. So I think the the exploration of the spire itself is pretty cool. Um, yeah, because it it feels like this. Like going back to you know I, I mentioned that I think the game to me is the least interesting when it leans heavy into like the 
the space. What? Or I, I think the game to me is the the least interesting, or most uninteresting when it leans into the like space magic element, like, like when you go into like the hive city or like even like the oh. dreadnought where it's like okay, I I I think like it, in contrast to. I think the game is the most interesting when it's the kind of post-apocalyptic design, which like that's kind of the game that I like what oh, golden me, age stuff. Yeah, what made me interested in the aesthetic of the game in the first place, which you get that a lot in D1. Yes. Um, but then they, I mean, as soon as you take King comes out, like obviously you get to the dreadnought and it goes into that kind of like hive aesthetic a lot more where this whole thing feels almost fantastical and and um yeah, you know, like like fantasy almost. Whereas, mm-hmm. like in in you know, you're like exploring the ruins of this this cosmodrome, or you go to the moon, which is cool because it's science fiction. But then it's also like an abandoned base, and you find like crushed and dead like bodies all over the place. Or you go to Venus, and you find out it's this old academy, um, but it's like all in shattered ruins, and and all these aliens and monsters have kind of like taken it over. Like I think that's. Like I, one of my favorite levels from D one is the one where you go down into the vault in Venus, and like right when you open the door, there's those two skeletons, and it looks like they like strangled each other, and it's like, what the hell happened here? You know, like and and to kind of compare that to, I think that's what's kind of cool about like Fallout. Like I, I like that video game series, and some of the coolest parts of that is when you explore the vaults. And you get all these kind of interesting backstories and 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 all that stuff. And so like the, the and maybe that's my desire to to enjoy the kind of the post-apocalyptic aesthetic. That's why I like Spire, because it's this giant like office building almost that's just like completely abandoned. And like it's like what like what was this place? I think when it leans into that is when the game is the most interesting to me in contrast to like going to Savathun's um Throne World or like Throne World where everything everything kind of looks like Dreaming it's like a, City. Yeah. Well Dreaming City's cool because it's it's got okay. it's almost a perfect blend of the two. Um and in a way I, that's what I kind of also liked about the Tangled Shore is because it had a little bit of this like it's like cobbled together science fiction post apocalyptic y design but it is a little bit of like magical fantasy as well and so i think i think that's why forsaken kind of blurred those lines beautifully right like we talked about it's like an old western mm-hmm. revenge plot also mixed with like space magic and it's like oh this is kind of cool and it and it you're literally kind of jumping between the two of them so it works um but i i think spire was really really neat because here's this like there's like a rift in a time portal and then this this spire that wasn't there before is now accessible and you have to go explore it. And yeah, it's kind of, again, going into that post-apocalyptic aesthetic, which I enjoy more and that golden age technology stuff. So I, I really do enjoy that um, quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I One thing I really liked about um, Spire of the Watcher is just kind of like the concept of, like, I guess the the structure of, like, progression in terms of, like, geographically where you're going. Like, I like the idea right. that you climb the tower and everything. I think that's... Right. Kind of, kind of a cool idea, um, and I've always liked the War Mind aesthetic as well. Yes, I'm surprised that you don't like the space magic stuff. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I'm just that's surprised me. I didn't know that. Well, I, it's not. Okay, I, I guess maybe I misspoke. It's not that I don't like it. I just, I, 
I guess if you, yeah. If you had to pick like one or the other, yeah. And and I know I'm always like the D one guy, but like what drew me into this franchise in the first place was the the golden age science fiction post apocalyptic aesthetic um with elements of like that's why i i i still think i don't want to open this can of worms why i, I kind of like the the concept of the original d1 vanilla story where you're exploring these old ruins there's this black heart portal that golden age scientists like found and the cabal have found and they don't know really what it is and so it, it again it kind of blurs that line because like you're not on mars but you are on mars and it's in this weird like haunted evil garden where there's this heart and like but it, it all stemmed from these these during the golden age the scientists like found this technology and they didn't really know what to do with it and that's why like that's why I think Beyond Light has a really cool aesthetic because you're going to this frozen wasteland and you like you find out all these scientists were basically open this portal to bring all these these Vex in so that they could take them and study them and ultimately create the exos from them. Like that's cool. Like that taking a little bit of that fantasy space magic element, but then bringing it into like a tangible science fiction way. Uh, and then ultimately that that leading to there was this collapse and that's why humanity is crumbled. So I think like when the game finds that perfect balance of all of those is when it's at its best and when it's the least. That's why I want to say least interesting to me is when it goes full on just. Like. One or the other one or the other. Yeah. And, and even like when it like when it leans way too hard into just, you know, like, did a nuke go off here or was there some cataclysmic event that we don't really know what happened? And I think, again, when the game blurs all those lines is when it's at its best. Um, and so, yeah, going to Sa Savathun's like throne world where everything kind of looks like it's from Dark Souls, like it looks really pretty, but it's all like it has this kind of fresh coat of paint. And it's like I thought the whole point of Destiny was supposed to be like after all these horrible cataclysmic things happened, And that's why it kind of like you know going to earth and going to the edz was such a cool thing like exploring these ruins and what happens after hundreds of years of decay and when all these aliens have tried to like kind of take over and you have to fight them back like that's that's the most interesting to me okay yeah that's perfectly valid what did you think of like the story the story elements of spire the watcher for lack of a better word because like oh, I, I guess all the dungeons have like some sort of story, right. so, some more than others. Like right. Shattered Throne was is literally like a plot point, um, within the whole Dreaming City right. storyline. Well, but, yeah, and I I think I think uh, well to kind of go back, I think Dreaming City is also kind of a cool thing where it's like you have this kind of this temple from the Awoken or the city, and it's been taken and you're kind of jumping between these dimensions and it's like that's a cool again that kind of that cool blurred line where it's space magic -y, but it's also like here you're getting into the science fiction -y realm of this is some race of of people that have been in a, a rift in in space time and it's kind of a neat cool thing so uh spire the watcher i'm i'm a little weak on the story um but it's it's basically like after all of these these time rifts keep happening, there's one that appears on Mars and that spire wasn't there before. And it's home to 
I don't remember the name of the. It's another. It's not a war mind, or is it a war mind? Um, sub mind or something. Yeah, it's like a sub mind, and it's it was the one that was used for making like predictions on like it was like so advanced in terms of its like computation ability that it was able to like make like predictions about the future, and that was kind of like it was used for like defense. Um, and so it sounds like the Vex are trying to like steal it. And what it, tr- it does to ultimately escape is it puts its consciousness into a a bow that's nearby. And that's like the exotic that you can unlock at the end or the, uh, to get to drop is it's like a sub mind's conscience in the bow. And that's why it's got like an advanced targeting system that generates those rings or whatever. Like I haven't gotten it, um, but that's kind of from what I understand. So I think the 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 kind of story elements behind it are kind of neat and again this is a perfect season for it and it makes sense just like duality makes sense that it was during season of the haunted with all the you know with the the element the ghost elements and shadows and shades oh, and all that stuff course. yeah exactly so yeah i guess i mean anything with the we kind of talked about this last episode anything with the vex in terms of stories always gonna just be kind of boring to me yeah um like same thing with garden of salvation and just feel like anything any activity involving the Vex storylines yeah. is always pretty surface level. Um, and it doesn't always have to be like some super complex like plot like Shattered Throne. And I guess, you know, it's kind of fun to combine Warmind and Vex stuff because that's, I think, something that's traditionally not been done a whole lot right. in the context of the story. I don't think the, I don't think Rasputin and the Vex really have had a whole lot of interaction. Right. And I think it's been the Hive and the Cabal, I think, most. If if anything else so yeah I th- probably probably the fallen to some oh, degree, the fallen right? of, of, like, oh, i'm sure tried to raid it the right. one, whatever the sub minded i don't know i get this stuff confused well, but i think the that ones was on earth you know yeah yeah i think that was a lot of kind of the original d1 story right like yeah I think that's the story of the war mine mission is your goal and saber like, as well yeah exactly exactly like they're trying to get into the bunkers so um I think every race except for the Vex have tried except to get the in Vex, there. Yeah. yeah, even like the Taken, the Hive, Cabal. Which is um, interesting. Yeah. Considering well, they're like the robot people. Yeah, one, well, it's it's the specifically the group of Vex from the Black Garden that are trying to get in. Um, oh, yes, that's right. Um, someone yeah. smarter than me will know what that uh, division is called because they're right. all like different clans. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, that, the ones that's, that worship the darkness. Exactly, exactly. So that's again kind of cool to, and that's why it works that they would look like the enemies from the the Garden of Salvation raid. I I think I think in terms of like a backdrop, I think the Black Garden is such a cool location. Um, and I think as much as everyone kind of hates the Garden of Salvation raid, and I'm I, I don't hate it, but I'm definitely up there in terms of like it's not my favorite. Uh, I think the aesthetic of the raid is really cool, and I like. And I still like the that season that we during was season of the undying. I like yeah. that six man activity where we got to go into the gar- the the black garden and or, yeah and do something where it's just like it's a cool locale. It's cool to kind of keep, keep continue to kind of interconnect elements because it's it like when you do that when you finally go to the black garden for the last mission of D one vanilla and you see how massive it is and you explore just this tiny little section. And it, it like it, it does effectively make you feel small of like, what is this place? Why is it so massive? And it definitely kind of leaves you high and dry wanting to know more. And it sucks that it took how many years until we finally got to go back there 
Although I guess you could do in Taken King, there's like a mission or two where you where you go there. But anyway, but it's the same place. You, but like, so it's cool that it's cool to go back. It's cool to kind of learn more about the high or the the Vex that specifically inhabit there and what their motivations are. And um, but I, I I know we talked about this. Like you said, the Vex have always been kind of the weakest enemy in terms of like really presenting a, a looming threat other than they're just this endless wave of robots that can travel through time, which I, I guess in terms of trying to be a an ever-present threat, at least they have that effect where it's like, kind of like the Hive always seem like they are going to be the end-all, be-all final enemy because it it seems like just the, the design of their species is just like unending and, and well, that's like in their name, right? They're just like a hive of, of nasty bugs and an infestation that you'll never completely get rid of the vex kind of have that same feeling where it's just like these endless wave of robots that'll never ever be stopped and so it, it at least has a intimidation factor in that sense but you are right in that there's not like a single mind that has the same kind of like mysteriousness as savathun or you know oryx so yeah i think it's cool also that they tie in like the mars time rift from which mm-hmm. we which is cool because, you know, it's nice to not like throw that away because that was kind of an important plot point. Yes. Or like seemed like a pretty major thing to happen. So that was kind of cool that they brought that back and made it a relevant thing. Um, what do you think about the loop pool for this one? Uh, so I've already voiced my opinions about the Cad Bane armor. Um, sure, but I, I guess weapons specifically. So I hate that. Two of the weapons are Seventh Seraph weapons, especially now that uh, they've announced that they're not going to they're going to literally get rid of the Warbind Cell mods. So that's kind of whoa, rendered. whoa, wait, what? I didn't know that. Wait, when did they announce that? Uh, that is part of one of the um, previews that they've come out with the oh uh, which one is it? It's the build crafting evolved, I think the yeah loadout mod customizations and more from January 18th. Um, they basically they you know they they did that nerf a while back um to to war mine cells and no one's really done anything with them so they're just getting get rid of them wow yeah, as an example of mods that aren't coming along for the ride are war mine cells these are the relic of a different time and already been nerfed in the past they had a good run but these mods will be depreciated or depreciated and no longer available starting in season 20 to make way for new options to consider when crafting uh your preferred combat style What's so, the point? Like, why, why did, why get rid of them? Because I, I, they probably just looked at the numbers, and after they nerfed them, nobody was using them. And I, I think part of but that like, was what's the problem with just keeping it in the game, though. Like, probably just size. Like, so, so that you should read this article. Um, it's pretty cool because they're they're talking about all the mod customization that's coming and how they're they're getting they're going to get rid of elements to armor, um, and they're gonna they're going to kind of condense down like uh charge with light mods and elemental well mods like they're they're kind of kind of blend them together uh they're going to get rid of the requirement to have uh champion uh mods as like things you have to put on your arm it's just once you unlock them in the artifact they're going to be just always on so if there's anti barrier pulse every time you put a pulse on it's just going to have anti barrier built into it assuming you've unlocked that uh that artifact slots um but they are going to go back to limiting how many artifact slots you can unlock because obviously if you had all of them unlocked all the time it would be kind of broken especially the ones that they typically put like in the 
um, like the class item where it's just like if you had access to all of those, it'd be pretty crazy. So they're 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 balancing it out that way, but they're making it free to reset your artifact so that there's no like you know setback to it. So but yeah, read read this because they they show what the new like uh, user interface is going to look like, and they kind of explain how the loadouts are going to work, the the, the pre made loadouts that you can save, uh, and just some of the some of the other stuff that's going to go kind of into everything so check it out but yeah so they're getting rid of war mine cells so that makes two of the weapons the se seventh seraph carbine and revolver which no like nobody's using 180s um and so yeah because war mine cells are going away those two weapons in my mind are kind of worthless and i know some people like target lock and auto rifles blah 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 it's fine i just i don't like those two weapons and it sucks because they're in their kind of spoiling the loot pool um and i've i've literally gotten everything else except for the uh scout rifle the long arm and that's like the only thing that i want to get from there and i've i've run the first encounter uh more times than i'd like to admit because you can you can farm the first encounter pretty quickly if you've got two guys that know what you're doing you can just each take a side while you kind of wrap it around the building and turn everything on really quickly um i have not gotten a long arm uh, and I've also done the final encounter more times than I'd like to admit. Um, I've got the sidearms pretty cool. The liminal vigil, um, it's like, like desperado for a sidearm is pretty neat. The, uh, LMG is kind of cool. I I've gotten a couple welder flights, which is the grenade launcher that shoots like two grenades, which is kind of neat. Um, but like the, the aesthetic on him is really cool. I like that we have some legend, more legendary Tex Mechanica weapons, kind of like we got the the shotgun during um, the 30th anniversary. So, the the weapons aesthetic is pretty cool. Not a fan of the armor. Okay, uh, fair and enough. I, and I hate that two of the weapons in there are kind of the the loot pools diluted with two weapons that no one wants and are going to use. And they didn't even make them craftable like the epicurean and uh fixed odds were in uh the duality dungeon and that's 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 another kind of complaint about that is like they they sort of like diluted that loot pool by adding two weapons that aesthetically don't make sense um and have no business being in the loot pool for that because it doesn't match anything else and then it just kind of also dilutes it so I think that's a kind of a loss. But other than that, I think the rest of the weapons are really neat looking. I'd really like to get a long arm to have an opinion about it uh, because it looks cool. And it's like I like the the lever action rifle design. Yeah, uh, obviously, DMT's cool. Is it one of those hip fire grip? Sort of? Yeah, well, but it, yeah, and it, and that's the I like I haven't really toyed with the um, the Tex Mechanica specific trait or origin trait. Uh, but I think it's like if you get shots from the hip, it makes your uh, aim down sight shots more accurate or like you reload faster, something like that. So it's kind of a DMT light ish, uh, cool. sort of, so to speak. And, uh, yeah, some people really, really like it. I just, I have no opinion cause I haven't gotten one yet and I'd like to, and I'm kind of sick of farming it. So we'll see maybe next season. Uh, yeah, I don't think I have any of them, but yeah, they, they do look cool. I do like yeah. these, kind of the combination between the Rasputin and the cowboy aesthetic. Yes. Yep. Do you like the Tex Mechanica weapon aesthetic? Uh, on some things, like, I, I like, I, like, I'm not good with the last word, but I really, really like the way it work, looks. Mm -hmm. um, DMT's cool. 
uh, as kind of the like the Henry repeater lever action style. Um, yep. The there's also Huckleberry, which is okay. Um, like it, they all look cool. Um, the only one that I think is like just a total like what bizarre out is the heavy grenade launcher that I can't even think of the name of. Um, and no one ever remembers that that's a text mechanical weapon. Um, oh, why can't I think of it? Because no one uses it. <laughs> uh, I don't even have it in dim because I probably dismantled it. Um, you said it's an exotic? Yeah. Uh, it's what, from what year it one. It, uh, oh, the prospector. The prospector. Yeah, oh there you go. Oh, my gosh. See, that, wow, I see, forgot. That, that lets you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, of, of course, the, the chaperone is like such a cool, like, again, I, again, the lever action aesthetic, I think, is the coolest. Uh, I know chaperone has a lot of uh, hate from a lot of folks, but just in terms of like, again, kind of bizarre, neat, Western science, science fiction-y, bizarre stuff. I always think the text mechanic aesthetic is really cool on weapons. Uh, now that we've finally seen it in armor, I, it just, yeah, the yeehaw stuff is a little goofy uh, in yeah. my mind. Um, and and I, I think... Like the last word is always like the last word is so embedded in the like DNA of like Destiny's lore, uh, in in stark contrast to Thorn, and I think that's why there's yes. such a cool like kind of contrast to each other. Um, and even with Lumina now being like kind of this weird blend of of that that addition as well in those those terms of those like exotics, um, and I I think the last word sort of being this old like cowboy six shooter or eight shooter in this case that you fire from the hip and and do like the 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 quick with the hammer such a cool aesthetic for this game and it's so like i've been saying the word aesthetic a lot and i think it's that's like the theme of this episode uh i think they're it's badass and awesome and i think some of the other weapons that they made have been really cool um and it's neat to see kind of just more designs of that uh manifest in terms of like a grenade launcher and a sidearm and they all look cool uh, and they all—they're all fun to use. Uh, the LMG yeah. is pretty rad too. Yeah. So, off-topic question, but I realized we didn't talk about this yet. Has Revision Zero been keeping you occupied over the course of the season? Yes. Uh, I'm actually glad that you brought that up. I—I have—I am in love with Revision Zero. I've already put like 2,000 kills on it and leveled it up because i've just been i've been using it a lot in uh the uh heist battlegrounds um and just like i kind of got on a kick and i did the the seraph shield mission like i did like a solo legendary run flawless um and i use that a bunch because it's just useful um because it's got good range and decent damage and it's fun to fire up and it I love the, you know, putting getting a bunch of headshots gives it like four sniper shots and it's really cool. And I I love that like week by week you've been unlocking like different catalysts for it. And it's it's just fun to use. And like each each week, like it gets a better version of like the hunter's trance and all the stats just get a little bit better each time. Like I think it's it's such a cool exotic and feels so unique and it's been really fun to craft. And I like every time you get one of the new trances. It also changes the actual look going back to aesthetic. It changes the aesthetic of the gun where it gets like the undermount and like the side thing and just slightly gives it a longer barrel. And it's so ridiculously long that it's like off the screen. Um, I've been really digging it. And I it's one of the cooler exotics I think we've gotten in a long time. Um, 
it's fun to use in PVE. I've used it in PVP. I've gotten a couple like headshots with it with the sniper, and that felt really satisfying to do in in PVP. Um, so I I really like it. I think it's a cool pulse rifle, and I'm glad that it's like a part of like the arsenal now. Um, yeah, the whole the whole customization aspect I think is yes is very very neat. So so that's cool. What do you think of the mission, by the way? Um, I am assuming that it's going to go away at the end of the season and I'm bummed out about it because it as everyone in my clan calls it it's like kind of a deep stone crypt light uh, where it teaches you a little bit yep. about the mechanics yep. I think the the spacewalk part is pretty cool I really like that it's the backdrop of it is earth and you can see the traveler um, cool skybox uh, I like the mission itself like I I really like the part where you surrender weapons and the the hive or the fallen let you on their catch and then you immediately just transmit the weapons back and then like kill them all um brutal it's a yeah, war crime probably it kind <laughs> of is but uh <laughs> like it's it's a cool mission the 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 i like the i think my favorite part of it is probably just before that 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 kind of first mini boss encounter where you take them down to like that hive guy down to like a third health and then the um the three what are those called the big fallen tank things i'm blanking on the name right now which the walkers the walkers yeah um i can't even think of what they're called but like the, the, the there's three of them that appear in that room and it's pretty hectic and crazy like it's a fun fight that's not just a boss with health um but you actually have to like prioritize who you target and and kind of like management of like the the marauders will try to sneak up behind you and see if to kind of always be paying attention. Like doing it, doing it solo was actually a lot of fun um, and, mm -hmm. and felt very rewarding. And um, I've been enjoying it. Like I, I am not annoyed that they want you to play it so many times. Cause it like, yeah, it gets, it gets repetitive and you know what to do after like the third or fourth time, but it's challenging enough and interesting enough that I've enjoyed it. And I'll be sad to see it go if it leaves. And I, went through the effort to unlock the dog, the robot dog. And I hope that he stays in the helm. Cause that was like definitely the best part of it. Uh, and every time I go to the helm, I make sure to point to pet him. Oh, uh, that's and it's so awesome. cute. The execute good boy protocol or whatever. <laughs> uh, that's adorable. And then there, that well, the, and then the best was that the, the twab that came out after that came out and they showed the, the proof of concept and they have you petting like, a guardian because they 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 were just basically showing that at any <laughs> angle you could like execute the the emote basically to pet the dog but at, before they had the dog created they just have like a guardian on its hands and knees and so you're like petting a guardian and people are like this is like nightmare fuel uh so it's awesome uh yeah, so so i i think it's really cool it's a it's a fun mission again it's kind of like it's a clever way to reuse some deep stone crypt uh assets and the the cool space station walk and again science fiction part of it i love really cool this big kind of abandoned abandoned empty space station that are inhabited by aliens and it's rad uh i think it's it's good well that's about all the time we have today for this discussion but thank you rob for hopping on and chatting with me as always and thank you guys for listening to our little discussion as part of the watcher and a little bit about revision zero Tune in next time uh, where we are going to be talking about uh, the state of Lightfall and the state of the game and stuff like that. So so thank you guys again, and uh, we'll see you, see you next time.
you can put this voice recording away and go on with your life, because you and I both know you'd have me yapping in your ear for the rest of your days. Want to further the discussion? Get in touch with us at any of our Twitter handles, all of which can be found at our podcast description. 